incoming transmission. Radio Rebellion. Welcome to the Rebellion, another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. How are you guys doing today? Thank you for being here. I am your host, as always, Alberto Calderon. Maybe you didn't recognize me because of my white headphones. Doing my best. See Trippio with his red arm in the Force Awakens. How's everyone doing? Thank you. We're here, another episode of Radio Rebellion, talking Star Wars with all of you guys. Having a lot of fun today, talking about... Most likely my favorite uh, prequel movie from the prequel trilogy, uh, but we'll see. That's why we're here doing a rewind of all the prequel movies, actually all the Star Wars movies. But today we finish our look back at the prequel trilogy with Revenge of the Sith. <sighs> can't wait. Can't wait to talk to you guys about it. Hopefully everyone remembers Revenge of the Sith. Everyone here has watched Revenge of the Sith and has a lot of things to say about it. So... We're going to have a lot of fun with it. I was looking for something to show you guys, but I'm actually using it as a base for my light so I can show you. Anyway, I got, my wife got me one of those Lego builders of uh, Han Solo from the Solo movie. So make Solo to happen always. got to throw it out there. And thanks for everyone that might be in the live chat right now. Let me see real quick who's there. As always, Michael from the 2 Met 2 Network saying hello there. Yes, hello there, Michael. Uh, yes, going to be more appropriate for today on our good friend Salacious Rum himself. Here he is. Good evening from the Kowakian Monkey Lizard Army. And he's saying that Revenge of the Sith is his favorite prequel movie also. Um, I think I just spoiled it saying that it is mine also. But we'll wait till the end of the show and see where, where it ranks with all these three movies plus the Clone Wars movie. Uh, so yeah, gonna have a lot of fun today. If you guys are watching this on the live chat, thank you for being here. As always, if you don't mind leaving a quick thumbs up, a like, uh, it's real quick, just hit that thumbs up button. If you didn't like it, just hit thumbs down. That's fine. We'll take it. We'll take the criticism. Um, if you're not subscribed to the channel, make sure you subscribe, uh, hit that notification bell. So you know when new episodes come out, usually every Saturday at five, but you know, you know, we might change things up a bit. Uh, leave a comment down below if you're watching this on the replay or after the live show. It's over. You want to leave a comment? Let's just leave it there. I'll try to reply to you guys. And if you're listening to this on the audio podcast when it comes out, thank you also. We're getting a lot of uh, great feedback and great. The audio post podcast has been doing very good these past few weeks, better than some of the videos. So thank you guys. I take your time driving to work, exercising at work, just walking around the house or doing whatever, listening to the other podcasts. Love to see all the support that we're getting on that side of the channel also. So if you haven't, please rate it, review it, one star, five, three, doesn't matter. Just let me know what you guys think of the shows and if there's anything you want us to focus on, and we'll do that because we're here to please you guys and talk to you guys about Star Wars and all that fun stuff. 
So yes, hopefully everyone is doing great on this Saturday, almost end of October. And you know what that means. It's almost there. Six more days, let's say a week, just to make it a little bit easier. Uh, Mandalorian season two final is coming out in six days. Um, I won't be staying up till midnight or three in the morning to watch it when it drops on Friday. Um, this is one of those shows that my whole family watches. So we'll probably wait till I, we get back from work, the kids get back from school, settle down, relax, watch it Friday evening. So Friday next week, and probably the next Fridays for the next eight weeks, I guess. I won't be online that much because I don't want any spoiler, especially with this season. It's been so much kept on the wrap and all the rumors out there. I don't want anything spoiled. Uh, report came out yesterday or this morning that they're not sending advanced screeners to the press. So they're keeping this on lockdown very tight. So I'm probably going to be staying out of Twitter and Instagram and all those places on Friday. So we'll see. Uh, so, yeah, with that said, Let's go and start with some Star Wars news. Star Wars news. Star Wars news. So what's new in the world of Star Wars news? Uh, there isn't a lot, which is fine. Again, everything is now leading up to the Mandalorian. So everything related will most likely be Mandalorian related, as I said, and Disney Plus. But yes, um, before we get into it, like I said, I think last week, starting next week with the release of The Mandalorian Season 2, we're going to be skipping the news segment for the most part. If there isn't a big breaking news, we won't be going into it. We'll go straight to Mandalorian Season 2 review. And I didn't put that graphic up, but I tweeted it out, I think, yesterday. Our review segment, it's This Week in Mando Reviews. We already do a This Week in Mando news. It just makes sense to do This Week in Mando Reviews. And then the second half of the show will be still this look back at the Star Wars movies. Uh, but next week, since it's Halloween, when we're doing our live show next Saturday, apart from reviewing episode one of season two, we're also going to be looking back at the scariest moments in Star Wars. If you have any scary moment in Star Wars, it can be from the movies, TV shows, books, whatever, just send them down, send me a quick message on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll talk about it. Um, I know people say that Star Wars isn't scary or they need to branch out and make some, some scary movies. But I think this guy, if you can see my shirt, Darth Vader, he's been involved in a couple of scary moments in Star Wars and we'll make sure to talk about him. So, yeah, that's going to be our show next week. Oh, look who's here, our friends, the Geeky Waffle. How are you guys doing? Um, Thanks. I think it's the first time I've seen you guys on the sh live show, but you were here. You were our guest for our first episode of season two. Great episode. Great having both of you on the show. And I'm going to do a quick plug. Even we're not doing separate Mandalorian reviews. We're just going to do them on the regular Saturday show. Geeky Waffle is doing their Mandalorian review show Saturday evenings, I think at eight. And if things haven't changed, if they haven't kicked me out, I'll be there for season episode two, I think November 7th. It is, I'll be there, one of the guests, talking about Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 2. So thank you, Candence, for being here. Um, so where were we? Star Wars news. Yes, so we got our first look, not first look, a special look at the Mandalorian Season 2. And that's a very small graphic. But it's the Razor Crest sliding down, doing its best hockey slide in the 
some weird ice planet that we still don't know which one it is. Is it Ilum? Is it Starkiller Base, which is Ilum, I guess? Is it Hoth? Is it something different? We'll find out soon, but yes. Last week, there was a lot of reports. Oh, special look, special look, Monday Night Football. We're going to learn something. And of course, Star Wars Twitter and all the fans, we went extremely happy about this. Most people, uh, that's let's see, some people thought this was going to be a second trailer, an official second trailer, two and a half minutes long, but they never said that. The only thing we knew officially is this is a special look at Mandalorian. All the rumors started going out is this we're going to see Ahsoka or Bo Katan, learn more about Sasha Banks' character. Will we see Boba Fett? We'll get another gl glance of a backpack and 30 yards away and everyone's going to be doing their zooms to say what it is, but we didn't. It was a one minute, basically an extension of that first trailer. Same scenes for the most part that we had already seen in that first trailer and little clips, just extended. So really there wasn't anything too special about it. We do hear it starts with the X-Wing pilots telling the Razor Crest to stand down. There was a big question for the first trailer. Were, were the X-Men working with the Mandalorian or chasing after him? And I think we can say that at this point, they're working against him and they were chasing the Razor Crest. You also get to see to see some TIE Fighters, which were also very cool, because we I think last season we only saw Moff Gideon's TIE Fighter. We got a few ones this time. We got the Razor Crest sliding in that ice. Um, and then again, an extension of the other scenes that we've seen before. So this seemed more like an actual trailer if you combine it with the first one, because the first one was maybe two minutes at the most, a minute and 40. You add this other one, just seems like a full trailer, extensions of, this, of the same scenes. What I was saying before, actually, before I go to that, well, my favorite part, I think a lot of people's favorite part, was the extra voiceover from Dean Jaren himself saying, if I can locate more Mandalorians, maybe they can guide me to take Baby Yoda to the Jedi. And of course, that's what, at least that's what I took out of it. Yes, more Mandalorians. He's looking for, for more Mandalorians. Boba Fett! Eh, probably not working together, but maybe he knows that there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine. We know he goes back to Tatooine, and that's where he finds Boba Fett. Uh, this is where Bo-Katan comes into play. Uh, Sabine Wren, if she's, like the rumor says, she's there. We know that if Sabine and Bo-Katan are there, Ahsoka can be not too far away. So just that little sentence of, if I can find more Mandalorians, maybe they can show me the way or guide me. That's what really excited me about this one. One of longer episodes. What I think, if it's really a 52-minute to an hour episode, I think most of what we've seen in the first trailer and this special look, we'll see most of that in this first episode and the second one. With them not sending any screeners out to reviewers and then this episode being so long, I think most of what they've shown us is going to be for the first one or two episodes and everything else we're just going to learn along the way which is great news. Um, I think they've done this for the Marvel movies. They do the trailers and they tell you that's the first 10 minutes of the movie and everything else is new. And that's what I want. Um, surprises, surprises. Except Tatooine, I think we all believe that it's going to be halfway through the season that he goes back to Tatooine. So, and there's a few shots of Tatooine in the trailer on the special look. So that might be a little bit afterwards, but 
it's gonna be great can't wait again one more week in a week i'll be sitting here probably eyes like this talking to you guys trying not to scream too much about mandalorian season two episode one premiere that's gonna be awesome so what do you guys think thought first about that special look in, on monday night football this past week and i guess what are your ex uh, expectations i don't want to use that word that's when we all get into trouble what do you really want to see in let's say that first episode in that premiere season two what do you want to see from the mandalorian and before we move to our next topic let's see what the chat is saying another one saying hello there our friend tony mr res thank you for for coming you bold one general Kenobi, that's so great. Man, I love that movie. Ah, can't wait to talk about it with you guys. Um, so yeah, Baby Yoda Joyride. That's, that'll be cool to get a little Baby Yoda. We know he joyrides on that speeder that I keep saying. Mando didn't secure Baby Yoda ride, but it's going to be fun being there. All right, so second news of the day comes from our friends. I wish they were really our friends from StarWars.com talking about the High Republic and the Padawans of the High Republic. This was revealed about two or three days ago. And there's a quote here saying, the High Republic Padawans really run the gamut in terms of skill, devotion, and personality, says Lucas, Lucasfilm Publishing Executive Editor, Jennifer Heddle. That's a title, Lucasfilm Publishing Executive Editor. Some are reluctant to seek out adventure, while some are perhaps a little too eager. Some are extremely talented in the force, while others may have to work a little bit harder. We wanted to showcase a wide range of young people in the hopes every reader can find someone they relate to. And that's that's what it all boils down to, right? And that's what I love to hear. I think most of you guys out there love to hear that this is Star Wars is for everyone. And all the different characters, not just the main masters that we've met already, all these other ones are a little bit different, not just in look, but in their personality, how they channel the force, how they behave, are they eager, are they shy, excited? And this then runs the gamut of the Star Wars fandom. And that's what we all want. We all want to be to feel included. And I love hearing this from the editor, executive editor of Lucas Lucasfilm Publishing that they hope that all these different Padawans will lead to more people feeling included and seen in the Star Wars universe. So let's go ahead and take a look at some of the new Padawans, which I love this. And this first guy we're going to be talking about is my favorite one of the four. One of them we've seen before, Buriaga, the Wookiee, which is awesome. Wookiee Jedi, but we'll get to him in a minute. This is my favorite guy right now, my favorite Padawan, Bell Setifar. And that Charhound that he has, Ember. So Bell Sedifar is an apprentice to the legendary Le Loden Great Storm, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the Twilight Jedi. And he hopes he survives the experience. Talking about the, the big accident that starts the whole High Republic. Says Light of the Jedi author Charles Charles Saul. He and his master are currently stationed at a Jedi outpost on the or world of Elfrona, deep in the outer rim where they work to keep the peace and spread the light. Though the conditions are harsh and Bell spends most of his time training, the Jedi-to-be finds enjoyment wandering the Iron Hills of the planet with a charhound named Ember. That's just such a great name, such a great design. I love, and this is something that someone else on Twitter pointed out, 
the the sash and all of the padawans matches their lightsaber color which is another little point of emphasis that i didn't pick on it and goes again to how the jedi jedi of the high republic are a little bit different than the jedi that we know of the republic era and the sequel and all that stuff that is not just the, Je the padawan braid that we can see all of them wearing they also have something else to represent their individuality, not just the lightsaber, but also the sash that they have representing their lightsaber color. Uh, I love the Charhound, Ember. He looks so badass. Uh, they mentioned that they are in Elfrona. And if you've read The Rise of Kylo and comic book, also by Charles Soule, there is a scene or a couple of panels where Luke, um, I, can, I can't believe I forgot his name from The Force Awakens. Um, anyway, Luke and Kylo Ren are on the world, world of Elfrona, and they, they find a Jedi temple from the High Republic era. Uh, they, that's where they find a holocron, which I believe has one of the High Republic Jedi Masters on it. So it just expands on this world that we are slowly starting to learn. And again, those little tidbits that if you read comic books, they do come into play, and that's going to be awesome. So who's one of the other Jedi that we're going to meet in the High Republic, Jedi Padawans, I should say. Uh, here we go to our friend, we just mentioned it, the Wookiee Jedi, Buriaga. So Buriaga is one of the few Wookiees to travel from the lush forest of Kashyyyk to study in the ornate halls of the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, says Sol. While he is killed with, with his two-handed lightsaber, it is Buriaga's natural natural effortless ability to sense the emotions of others that sets him apart from other members of the order. The Wookiee studies under Jedi Master Nib Asek, who learned Shri Wook in order to more properly educate her student in the ways of the Force. So ever since the High Republic was announced, Buriaga was one of those Jedi that was, I don't want to say front and center, but it's been, um, He's been there a little bit in this promotional effort for the High Republic. Uh, last week or two weeks ago, when we started talking about some of the lightsabers from the High Republic, they mentioned Buriagas because the hilt was just for extremely big for his double hands. Double hands? For his two hands. He doesn't have double hands. That's a little weird, weird to say. But the hilt has, had to be big enough for both of his Wookiee hands so it was pretty heavy so he needed it was basically a broadsword another great design again we see the blue sash with the blue lightsaber and he has a, a Jedi braid plus he has braid on his face I think that's the easiest one you don't need to let your hair grow it's you need a Jedi braid you're a Wookiee you have enough hair already you can have a braid when you are youngling basically when you're a Wookiee and then something that someone else brought brought in or mentioned was that he's wearing clothes. Chewbacca just a nudist. He's all natural Wookiee from Kashyyyk. He said, no, no, we don't believe in all these clothes. And so I have my bandolier, that's enough. Buriaga, you want to be a Jedi, get dressed in Jedi garb. Chewbacca, he likes to be all natural. It's kind of weird, but it's fine. It's like Winnie the Pooh, no pants. We'll let him. All right, so what do you guys think so far of Bell Setifar and Buriaga? And we also have another great addition to the Jedi ranks is Lula Talisola, uh, who is all about the Jedi Order, according to writer Daniel Jose Older. She loves it, can hardly wait to get knighted, and wants to be the best Jedi that ever was. 
Besides being amazing and top of her class with a lightsaber, she's loyal and compassionate and looks out for her two best friends, Forsala and Quartz. So Lula, written by Daniel Jose Alder, I believe will be in the Marvel or IDW comic series. It won't be one of the novels, which is fine. I'm a little bit disappointed because it's hard to keep up with all the comic books. I don't know which High Republic comic books I'm going to be reading. I'm not going to be focusing more on the novels. Um, so I don't want to miss Lula and her transition to being a Jedi Knight. But I'll see. I'll see if I can get a few of those comic books. But again, her design is awesome. All the clothes of the, uh, the Jedi robes on the High Republic are so cool. All of them are a little bit different. Um, all of them have a little bit more personality, a little bit different between each other. So it's not the same The same ones. Uh, her lightsaber seems pretty, uh, not basic, pretty similar to lightsabers we've seen before. Again, this is just a design. I love everything else about her. Um, her hair flowing, again, Jedi braids. I love that. This, just the, the concept art for the High Republic. I mentioned this way back when we started seeing some concept art. Just so awesome. I love seeing that they devoting so much time to the publishing side by doing so much concept art, not just for the writers, which I think helps incredibly when you're writing these characters, but for the fans to get so invested and know the characters that if they hear a name, they can quickly picture, picture that Jedi in their mind and form that connection with the characters a lot quicker. So love seeing this, love seeing and learning more about Luli Talisola. And uh, the last Padawan we heard about this time, it's Reith Silas, or Silas, Reith Silas. And he's a Jedi apprentice who will see what, what, let me start this again. A Jedi apprentice who will see what the galaxy is really like. Reith had a somewhat privileged apprenticeship because his master, Jorah Marilly, Mari, Mali, He's a member of the Jedi Council. Ooh, that's nice. Got a Jedi Master from the Council being your master. That's cool. So I mean, that means he spent a lot more time on Coruscant in eleva elevated diplomatic meetings and that kind of thing. So the frontier is going to be a huge transition for him. Um, so I want to say that I one of the, when we started hearing about the High Republic, um, Into the Dark, which I believe is Claudia Gray's novel, which is the one I'm really excited about. Talked about, I, th I think it was this one, might be mistaken, about one of the Jedi or their pal ones prefers to be in the Jedi temple, going to the library, doesn't want all the action. So I think that's Reef Silas. He just wants to be back in the in the Jedi temple learning and not doing all the action and adventure. So this is going to be a completely new experience for him. So very excited to see what's going to happen with Rich Silas and everyone else. So yeah, great stuff again from StarWars.com. Everything I read was from StarWars.com, that article talking about the new Padawans for the High Republic, more information about them, always cool. So yes, let me let me know on the chat. I'm going to see what you guys are saying on the chat. If not, let me know what you think about the High Republic in general, general all the new Padawans that we're starting to learn more about. And if you're, again, if you're listening to this later on the replay, I should say watching this on the replay, just leave a comment down below or just send me a message on Twitter if you're listening to the audio podcast. So yes, what are you guys saying out there in the chat? Uh, going back to 
the Mandalorian news, uh, Michael from Two Met Tooth said, what if someone stole the Razor Crest and Mando is in one? Reminding that, that's it's. I didn't think about that, but what if someone stole, let's say my friend Boba Fett stole the Razor Crest and then Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, is flying an X-Wing? That'd be pretty awesome to see <laughs> the Mandalorian in an X-Wing. Uh, you also had uh, this spot from Monday Night Football. wasn't for, for us talking about the... Uber, uh, Uber fans now, but I know what you mean. The people that are just enthralled in this world that follow everything, every every single aspect of it. For, for people watching the football game, which is totally fine. We, we need to get more people involved in Star Wars. No, it's just, we're going to watch it anyway, so you need to get other people involved. And hello, hello, Natalie from Force of Light Entertainment. Thanks for being here, Natalie. Thanks for joining us. We're talking Mandalorian, talking High Republic, and in a few minutes, talking about Revenge of the Sith. So yes, thanks for joining us. And yeah, if you guys have any other thoughts on any of these news that we discussed, let me know. And before we move to our main topic, like I said, the past two weeks, I'm getting my throat's parched. So I brought some water. Look, look at him, Kylo Ren. Ah, so yeah, drink um, a little water just to keep the show going. Whew. All right, so I think that does it for the... Star Wars news for this week. Uh, maybe, I'll, yeah, that does it for Star Wars news. And now we're going to why we're here talking about the last movie in the prequel trilogy, Revenge of the Sith, doing our Star Wars Rewind. Oh, yes. So I've been waiting for this for a while, talking, wanting to talk about Revenge of the Sith when I started doing this type of look back at the movies. Like I mentioned, I didn't want to do a regular review of the movies. We've all seen them. We all have our our thoughts about the movies. But I wanted to just have a, a different take on the look back at all the Star Wars movies that have been released in theaters. So we've done a few already, obviously. And now we're talking about the last one, which is usually, usually regarded as the best prequel trilogy movie but some people recently are showing more love to the phantom menace more love to attack of the clones and that's all fine and great i love hearing those comments from you guys not everything has to be the same way or the same taste like me if i didn't like a movie so much and you guys loved it that's great that brings more of a discussion we'll keep it civil we'll discuss it and same thing here with Revenge of the Sith. I want to see what you guys remember about it, what your thoughts were when it came out, and what your thoughts of it are now. So let's start with that trailer. If you guys remember, there were a few trailers for this movie. I remember that teaser trailer more than the official trailer. So I re what I remember of that teaser trailer, excuse me, was Anakin's yellow Sith eyes. I remember that part at the end of the trailer. He turns one side, he has the hood, on, the black hood on. You can only see half his face and then the yellow Sith eyes. I lost it because we all know that eventually he's going to fall to the dark, dark side. He'll be Darth Vader. And then those yellow eyes that thanks to the Emperor and then most recently with Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace, those yellow eyes mean uh, you're in trouble. You're part of, part of the dark side now, so watch out. So extremely excited when I saw this. I rewatched that teaser a few days ago, and it starts with a voiceover from Obi-Wan Kenobi talking about that, that scene in A New Hope, talking to Luke about Darth Vader and how 
first about his father, how a great friend he was, a great pilot, seduced by the dark side of the force. So he's shown a lot of those stuff before, and then John cuts to the to Revenge of the Sith, and of course ends with that shot of the yellow eyes. Um, the official trailer does reveal a lot. Um, I love that trailer watching it now because the movie is so ingrained in my mind. I got goosebumps watching the trailer. The music was great. Um, but like I said, it shows a little bit too much. There's there's the Battle of Heroes. There's a little bit there. Anakin versus Obi-Wan. There's uh, Mace going to arrest the Chancellor and Sidious saying, oh, are you threatening, threatening me, Master Jedi? Um, all those stuff. So there's a lot that's really shown in the official trailer that back then I think might have been a little bit of a spoiler if you didn't know where the story was going. Going back to the trailer, it's all, sorry, to the teaser, it also sold it a lot more, or it sold that we're going to be seeing a lot more Darth Vader in the actual Darth Vader outfit that you see back here. So there's most of the shots that we see in the actual movie of him in the suit are also in the teaser trailer. So I do understand why a lot of people I'm gonna talk about in one of our Rebel Thoughts. A lot of people wanted to see that full-blown Darth Vader with the dark, dark suit wrecking shop. And we didn't get to see that, but that teaser trailer sold it a little bit. Um, yes, yeah, so then trailer was great. Teaser was great. Puts you in that mood for the end of the saga. It sold again 2005 as, as the end of the saga. And of course, we know what's happened this past 15 years afterwards. So the past five years with Disney, Lucasfilm, and the actual end of the Skywalker saga. But back in 2005, it was also sold as the end of the saga. I forgot I got this finally. Look at that. Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, no but Matthew Stover. A lot of people had recommended this to me. I finally got it. I'm almost halfway. And oh, man, I don't know why I waited so long to read this. It's so great. Adds a lot more to the movie. Uh, the first 120 pages, it's basically the introduction, or that not even the first act, it's all the way till they land a broken down separatist ship. That's like a third of the book is just that part, which in the movie is about 20 minutes. It's great to read that. You learn a lot more about Obi-Wan, a lot more about Anakin, Palpatine's plan, how Dooku was duped, essentially. So if you haven't read this, novel if you like reading star wars um is it canon or not who cares it's a great novel check it out revenge of the sith by matthew stover i don't think i'll do a full review on it just because it's been out for so long but it's a great book if you want to read some star wars if you love revenge of the sith you should read that okay so moving down now to the posters there were a lot of posters posters that came out for this movie and most of them were pretty awesome also so this was the main again ah oh man i've got a Double check my graphics before I get them. Anyway, the, the official poster is what we've come to expect from a lot of Star Wars movies and a lot of movies. Now it's most of the characters. It's an action poster. There you see, they're telling you, telling you what's going to happen. Anakin against Obi-Wan. They're going to go at it. You have Darth Vader helmet in the background. Mace Windu with his purple saber. Sidious, Obi-Wan, uh, Yoda, Padme, all that. So again, a great poster but nothing too, too explosive, nothing too, nothing that we haven't seen before. But then there were some great character posters and other type of poster, and this was an awesome one. This was going to be a, the, my graphic for the show, but it wasn't. 
Um, there we go. Star Wars Episode 3, May 19th. The Battle in Mustafar, Anakin against Obi-Wan Kenobi. Great poster. Um, yeah, there's nothing else you can say about it. It's oh, just awesome. That they sold it, that battle. Oh, we're gonna talk so much about it. And of course, there were some great character posters, and we couldn't leave this section of the review without talking about probably the best poster out there for this movie. So was episode three, Rise Lord Vader. Again, really selling that Darth Vader was gonna be here. A lot of the costume Darth Vader outfit, it didn't come out that way in the movie, which is some of the criticism it gets, but poster wise, who doesn't love this? Look at that. That's an awesome poster. If I was 18, still living in my parents' house, I'll probably have that on my wall. Maybe I did before, I don't remember. But it is a great poster. And yes, Mr. Res, you are right. You are right. It is a great book. Revenge of the Sith, Matthew Stover. Get on it if you guys haven't. All right, so what is next? So thoughts and expectation before seeing the movie. I can't even say this. It's almost as when The Force Awakens came out. And we'll talk about that in, I don't know, four weeks, five weeks, whenever we get to it. But my expectation for this movie were up here. Say what you want about Attack of the Clones. I enjoyed it when it came out. I still like it. It's not there as some one of my favorites. But when it came out, I love Attack of the Clones. Uh, we were getting those Clone Wars micro series building up to Revenge of the Sith. So that starts building up. And then I remember, I don't remember a lot of the, oh, when I saw it the first time, I was in line to watch it. I remember this movie. We went, this is the first movie, I think, I'm pretty sure that I went to a midnight release. Um, movies in Puerto Rico, when I saw this in 2005, came out on Thursday. Here in the States, movies come out on Friday. That's when they premiere in Puerto Rico. They come out, come out on Thursday. Why? I don't know, but I loved it because we, we have that. We got to see it a day before. So the midnight showing was at 12 p.m., obviously, midnight on that th Wednesday to Thursday. Uh, there wasn't any app to buy tickets beforehand. So I remember going to the movie theater in the mall five minutes away from my house, Plaza Carolina. Uh, Caribbean Cinemas was where the movie was showing. Went there in the morning or in the afternoon, bought my ticket. I think I bought my brother's ticket. Ticket also, I think my cousin also went. So I got three tickets. There isn't any advanced seating or select where you were going to sit. So I remember being there. We went, this is, Star Wars is big everywhere. It was big in Puerto Rico, but not, nothing like here. So we didn't have to go five hours beforehand just to get in line. But I remember being in line around 11 o'clock at night with my brother, one of my brothers. And I make the, the emphasis, one of my brothers, because my other brother actually sent me a question or a thought that we're going to discuss today with my other brothers. Standing there in line, waiting for Revenge of the Sith, waiting for the theater to open. I remember a friend of mine, Martin, I ran into him in the in line so i remember that extremely vivid being in line to watch revenge of the sith opening night midnight release we got in like i said no select your seat so unfortunately we were extremely close probably about four or five rows away from the skin so pretty close but i do remember that extremely excited didn't matter it was the end of the saga we're finally gonna see darth vader the rise the creation of darth vader Anakin against Obi-Wan in Mustafar, 
how is this going all going to end? I was extremely excited going to it. Um, so yeah, that's my expectation going into it was were pretty high. Come um, coming out of it. Come on, loved it, loved it back then, love it now. I'll talk about it a little bit later. But just seeing Leia and Luke being born, I got emotional again. Being a twenty-five year old, you you don't get emotional about movies. I got emotional about it. The battle of the heroes was so great. I remember going. Like I said, I watched that midnight release, his first movie, and then again, I went that first showing the next day. So on Thursday at, I think, 10, 10, 30 in the morning, I was there sitting again in the theater watching it again. Uh, I think it's the first movie that I went on multiple occasions to, to see it just because it was so great. It was the end, but I just love it when it came out. And it hasn't changed. This movie keeps creeping up on my ranking. Loved it when, I, when it came out. Loved it afterwards. Still love it now. Watch it today. I mean, parts of it yesterday, just the beginning, that intro scene, and then finishing it up today. And it still holds up. I still love this movie. Um, I was surprised with The Force Awakened, sort of with The Phantom Menace, how much I enjoyed it when I watched it a few weeks ago. Attack of the Clones two weeks ago. Uh, it was okay. Nothing had changed from when I saw it originally and through the years. This one, same thing, it hasn't changed because I still love it so much. Um, I, I don't find a lot of flaws in it. We'll talk about a few things just to say that we talk about things that I didn't like, but this movie, top to bottom, it's a classic for me. It's a masterpiece in the world, world of Star Wars, at least for me, it hits every note, emotional, um, action, story-wise. There is maybe a little slow beat when things pick up at the end. But it doesn't matter. This movie, Revenge of the Sith, it's, it's top-notch. Um, when you talk Star Wars, this is one that has to be has to be in the conversation as one of the best. Um, is it in my top three? We'll have to wait till I watch everything. I do our big show revealing all our top moments in Star Wars. But it should be up there. Yeah. So before we go into what we like and what we didn't like, let's see what our friend Salacious Ram is saying. He says... Both Hayden and Ewan putting their best performances in this film. Hayden didn't get enough credit for his performance. And I agree with you. I was going to mention that in one of the things that I like. But I'll do it now. Yes, this is everyone's best performance, I think. Hayden, Ewan, Natalie Portman, Ian McDermott, uh, Sam Jackson, everyone. All the, the acting in this movie is the best for all of them in the trilogy. We hark on Hayden Christensen for his performance in Attack of the Clones. A lot of it doesn't have to do with him. It's the direction and the writing. But like we said, when we talked about Attack of the Clones, again, he's a teenager, 18, 19 years old, doesn't have that experience. He's just overwhelmed with emotion, doesn't know how to talk to Padme. And it just comes out as clumsy and it is a bit creepy. We've talked about it. But in this one, knocks it out the part, great actor. And he did great, same as you and everyone else. All right, so I usually do what things that I like first and then things that I didn't like at the end. But since there's just so little things I didn't like about this movie, we'll start with those. Um, there's still some acting and dialogue that doesn't work for me. And unfortunately, I just praised him as doing a great job. A lot of this then falls again on Anakin and his, or I should say on Hayden's, but it's not him, it's, it's the script. But some of his, his delivery at the beginning doesn't work for me. Um, 
Where do I have it? Oh, I lost my place. So basically, when he's talking to Grievous and he says, oh, General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. Eh, okay, that's supposed to be funny. I really didn't find it funny. Uh, when he goes to Count Dooku, my powers have doubled since last time we met Count. I mean, who says that? You're in a life and death situation. And, oh, my powers have doubled. Uh, okay, slap. So those things didn't work for me. Again, he's still that young kid from... Attack of the Clones, but then, of course, it changes. But it just it didn't work for me a little bit. Some of his dialogue with Padme when he sees her, again, for the first time on Coruscant is a little bit hammy, just the way it's delivered. Um, Sorry. Oh, of course. And uh, when they go to arrest Darth Sidious or Palpatine, and he does that 900 spin move, look wacky. I know he's this great, powerful Sith Lord, but seeing an older person doing all these weird moves, sometimes same as Count Dooku doing the flip, just doesn't seem right. But again, that's just very nitpicky. And the end, Padme loses the will to leave. Uh, we're not going to spend too much time on it. Um, Geeky Waffle, I don't know if you guys are still out there, but like I mentioned where they were on the show, we talked about Padme and how she was murdered. But just losing the will to live for no reason. She's a stronger person than this. She has a lot to live for. Twins, babies. So just because Anakin turned, not just because that's a big deal in your life when your husband decides to murder everyone and do genocide. But you still have a lot of things to live for. And ah, she lost the will to live. Say he's still good in him. Uh, and she dies. So, but again. It's done for. Doesn't matter. We still love this movie. So what did we like about this? I got, ah, let's see if we can get through all this list. But before we start, let me take another drink of water because I'm going to be talking for a while all the things that I liked about this movie. All right. So we mentioned it. You know, I talk again of Attack of the Clones, all the memes that have come out from the prequel trilogy and all the memes from <laughs> Revenge of the Sith are awesome. Hello there. How many people here in the chat greeted everyone with hello there general kenobi uh i got the i have the high ground uh fine addition to my collection droid attack on the Wookiees. uh i am the senate uh it's treasonous then everything it's a meme revenge of the Sith have great meme potential it's so many memes and gifs and stuff have came out from this movie that pop culture is appreciative of that for, for from you guys so yes, uh, the intro, the beginning of this movie, for myself, again, the opinion, I don't want any, you can say what you will, if you agree with me, if you don't, what's your favorite intro? This to me is the best intro in a Star Wars movie. I was thinking, what are the other intros in Star Wars? I know the one in A New Hope is classic. It's, you can't go against it. It's in the Hall of Fame of introductions. But if you take your nostalgia glasses off, which we'll see if we do with this movie, the intro to Revenge of the Sith is the best intro in Star Wars. That battle over Coruscant, one of the best space battles in Star Wars. I know we have, excuse me, the battle of Scarif, which we'll see when we get to Rogue One, how much we love that part, and Return of the Jedi. All those space battles are great, but to me, I think the space battle at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith is the best space battle in Star Wars. Uh, it's the first time also that I notice a continuous shot 
when the Jedi Starfighters come, they go over the cruiser, they go down into the actual starfight. And it takes about 20 to 30 seconds, I think, before it cuts. But I just love that. Just following the starfighters, intercutting through all the droid ships and the arc, so the arc starfighters that the clones have. That introduction is my favorite one. That music is just awesome. And then it just goes into the Kanduku battle between Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Kanduku. Oh, this time we'll take it together. I was thinking the same thing. Love that. Again, a little callback to Attack of the Clones. That battle is awesome. The only thing I didn't like is how easy they dispose of Obi-Wan Kenobi because we know he's going to battle Anakin later. So we need to know that he's able to withstand Anakin as Darth Vader. But the way that Kandu could dispose of him so quickly put that into a little bit of a jam. But again, going back to the novel by Matthew Stover's Revenge of the Sith, it's not that easy. There's a lot more fight that Kenobi puts up, almost getting Kanduk on that novel, just a little bit of a cheat, as always, by Dooku. But a great introduction. Then we go into General Grievous, which I love General Grievous. I love his design. I love his voice. I love that he coughs. I love how dramatic he's, he is, um, his attitude, his cloak with, oh, look at all my lightsabers. I love Kanduk. I wish we could get more of Kanduk some way. Uh, novel, I don't know what's out there, Kanduku. I mean, for General Grievous, but I think we need more from him. Uh, we get Anakin as he at his best in Jedi skills, not only fighting Dooku, fighting all the droids, and then as the movie goes on, of course, and then his piloting skills in the intro scene, landing or crashing down the General Grievous's invisible hand starship in that little runway so we get the best of anakin in his jedi skills um we also have here natalie like i mentioned natalie from force of light she also is saying that this is her favorite prequel but it is the saddest yes um i put out a tweet after i finished watching this movie it's i've no matter how many times i watch this movie i always end up tearing up and crying it happened 15 years ago when it came out it happened today it's the saddest one, but I think it's deserving. A lot of people say, oh, it didn't deserve, it didn't build up to it. It does. It's uh, it's so sad. That last arc, that last third of the movie, oh, man, it, it breaks me down. Uh, Salacious Rum is saying, Revenge of the Sith has the grandest scope of all Star Wars movie. The story is expansive and epic. The world building is vast, and film tells the story of a culmination and success of the master plan of Darth Sidious. And yes, you're right. All of those are great and valid points. I'm going to touch about a few of them. It is expansive, and I'm not going to say. I'm going to save it till, again, my, I don't know if it will be the last episode of the season, but I'm going to touch at some point, talk about which of the three trilogies I think have the best story in general, not the best three movies or the best trilogy, but what's the best story in Star Wars? And uh, we'll see if the prequels get the trophy for that one. Um, Yoda, you guys know I love my Yoda and all his knowledge of the Force. I love that scene when Anakin starts having his nightmares about his mom dying. And I know everyone lost their mind when Ben Solo or when Kylo Ren in Last Jedi has no shirt on, on his swallow, like they call him. But Anakin in this one, again, for everyone out there, 
is ripped, he's coming out of his bathroom, put his little robe on, cut. Man, I wish I looked like that back then or now. But I'm not a Jedi master. You're not a master. Neither is him, so we're fine. Uh, but then he goes to talk to Yoda, tells him about premonitions, and then Yoda, being the great Jedi that he is, be careful, look into the future, misinterpret that things might be, learn to let go of everything you fear to lose. That's one of my favorite quotes of all time. I know some people say, oh, this is the downfall of the Jedi. You need to be able to hold on to, to not hold on to things, but saying that, train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. It's one of the reasons that Anakin fell. Uh, but I think that's so true in life. And especially when you, you have family that might be sick, might have a disease, and you don't want to let go, but you know that they're suffering and it's best for them at the end. So again, training yourself that this is going to happen works at least for me in real life and work for Anakin saying, I know there's attachment. It leads to, the jealousy, to jealousy or to greed and trying to hold on to things that aren't ours to hold on. And that's Anakin's fault. That's what happens. Should Yoda go a little bit further? What's really going on? Poke at Anakin a little bit. Anakin is reserved. He's hiding the truth about his feelings, what's happening with Padme, the babies and all that. Should Yoda have pushed a little bit more and see if he could have helped? Maybe. But we already did our What If episode with our friend Michael from 2Met2. And we're not going to go into What Ifs again, but I do love that scene. And another thing that I love about that scene is the way it's shot. You have Anakin and Yoda in this little room. It's a darkened room with the windows, the window shades intercut, dark light, dark light. So there's still, again, that balance, dark and light, dark and light. Holding Anakin's life and soul in the balance is a great, it's a great shot that, again, say what you want about George Lucas and some of his issues in the prequels. I think he knocked, knocked it out of the park and the uh, director of photography and all those people. Uh, the music, I think the music in Revenge of the Sith is the best music in the prequels. The Everything works, not just the big things that we all know and love but just the music in between the scenes works great. The music and the intros, I said, we have a lot of hints of Across the Stars, Binary Sunsets, uh, Imperial March, Duel of the Fates, um, Battle of the Heroes, Yoda's theme, Leia's theme comes out also when she's, when Bail Organa says, oh, we'll take the girl, we always wanted to adopt a baby girl. We have latest theme so the music in this movie is again i think the best in the prequels and maybe the best in all three movies in general and i know that's a big thing to say but we'll see uh kurosan kurosan at night it's beautiful um the night sky the skyline is great Padme has a great apartment that's something we don't talk too much but Padme's apartment in kurosan it's we gotta see those those senators they get they get paid. I know she was a queen, but being a senator, she has a great apartment with that big balcony, looking over the big skyline in Kurusan is awesome. Um, and like I said, I think a lot of people say, not a lot of people, but I've heard others saying that Anakin's and Obi-Wan's relationship didn't seem 
as close as what Obi-Wan tells Luke in A New Hope. Oh, it's my best friend, the great star, starfighter out there. People didn't believe that till the Clone Wars uh, cartoons came out. I do believe the relationship and I believe how close they are. So they, it does work for me, especially when the turn comes at the end. That's why it's so emotional. Um, like I mentioned before, thanks to Sadeshu Scrum, the acting here is the best of the prequels. Everyone, Anakin, I mean, Hayden, Ewan, Pat, um, Natalie Portman, Ian McDermott, everyone knocks it out of the park. All the acting is great. Uh, the scene in the Jedi Council, again, this is another one that comes up a lot when we're talking about memes and things of that nature. Um, how can you make me? Put me on the council, not make me a master. It's take a seat, young Skywalker. It's again that battle. Anakin being who he is, the most powerful Jedi, and Mace Windu and his convictions. You might be the chosen one. I'm not sure. I feel I sense something happening, and I don't like Palpatine messing with the Jedi Council stuff. So, no, you're here. We don't grant you the title of master. He loses it. Obi-Wan looks at him and just shakes, see, shakes his head. Dude, just take it easy. I told you there's things going on. Relax. And then it goes straight to a, another great scene where, again, that relationship be, between Anakin and Obi-Wan is sold. Anakin telling him first, I'm sorry. I failed you. I should listen more. I didn't hold my composure. And then Kenobi saying, you're fine. You're a better Jedi than I can ever hope to be. The council will make your master soon enough. You're the youngest one to sit in the council. Just be grateful. Your time will come. But they don't like what's going on with Sidious. I mean, with Palpatine. You need to report back on all the chancellor's whereabouts or all the chance, whatever the chancellor is doing. And then we'll spy on him. He's my friend, my mentor. Can't do that. It's against the Jedi code. And Anakin again. I mean, can always say it's, there's something wrong. He's too involved in this. He's been in power long after his tenure has been done. So we need you to check that council is asking. That's, ah, it's not me, it's the council. And then again, it goes to, no, it's not there, sorry. So that, that scene is great. Then it goes to the opera scene, which a lot of people hail as the best scene in the prequels. I do love the opera scene and I'll tell you why. I'll be honest, at the same, it's not my favorite scene in in this movie. Not my favorite scene in the prequels, not my favorite scene in Revenge of the Sith. I know a lot of people look at this as the, like I said, the best scene in the prequels, the better acted. And yes, it's great. It's not my favorite one. The music, music is great. We get that opera chant that now is the Emperor's theme, basically. And this is where the plan is revealed. Not the plan is revealed, but this is where it's the final push in Anakin's fall, basically. That Palpatine tells him what he knows that Anakin needs to hear to say from this point on, it doesn't matter what happens afterwards, he will fall to the dark side. By telling Anakin there is a way to save the ones you love from dying, and Anakin saying what? He learned how to stop people from dying. That's it. That's why I say that the what if don't matter anymore. At this point, Anakin's fall has been decided. He will fall to the dark side because he will do whatever he needs to do to save Padme. I won't let this happen again, what it happened with my mom. I will find a way to save you. Oh, there is a way to save her by 
following the dark side. So it's done. Anakin's fate has been decided at that point. So that's why it works for me, because at that point, doesn't matter what happens afterward, he will fall to, fall to the dark side. And again, come at me if you want. If you want to say, no, all this could have happened. No, his, his fate is sealed. And again, it shows how Palpatine is one step ahead of the Jedi in every single way. They're trying, they know there's something going on. Palpatine, he's too close to everything that's going on. There's a dark aura that surrounds him. He's been in power too long. We need to do something. Hey, hey, Anakin, come come to this opera scene. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, did the Jedi ask you to do something that you didn't think was, was good? Oh, they asked you to spy on me? I think they want to dethrone me and take over. Also, there's a way to save the one you love. He knows. Palpatine, that master manipulator, he always knows. Um, all the different clone battalions. We have the 212, the 501st, I don't, the ones on Kashyyyk, all the different droid battalions, I mean, clone battalions that we have, all the different colors to denote them, I love them. The CGI in this movie still holds up. I know people say, oh, there wasn't a single person that clone or in clone armor, everything is CGI. I, for me, it works. I love the clones in this movie. Everything works for them. Uh, then we have um, Obi-Wan Kenobi versus Grievous. Again, hello there, General Kenobi. You are a bold one. Just love that. I love, again, how theatrical and dramatic Obi-Wan is. He could have gone around. He could have yelled, Grievous, I'm going to kill you. Or something. No, he, he first he takes his coat off, jumps. Could have just opened his lightsaber, start slashing droids. No. Hello there. Of course, that's Obi-Wan. That's what he's going to do. I love one of my favorite shots when I saw it the first time and still is, is when they do that close-up on Grievous's face when all the clones come in and he tells them, you must realize, army or not, you are doomed. And they do that close-up of his eye. It's one of my favorite CGI shots of all time. I still get goosebumps when I see it. Oh, we get Obi-Wan's Jedi stance, which is awesome. Who doesn't like that? Where's my? I love that Jedi. And then eh, let me just drop the ceiling on those Magna Guards. Um, oh, when Grievous, oh, I've been training the Jedi always with Count Dooku. And he gets four lightsabers out, mind blown, watching this on the theater. I'm like, what the hell? This is cool. Because at that point, we had seen the double lightsaber of. Darth Maul, but seeing four lightsabers at once, that was just top-notch. Um, so I like, like I mentioned before, that Kenobi was taken out by Dooku pretty quickly. I love that he defeated uh, Grievous pretty easily when it was just a lightsaber fight, because then he starts showing you Kenobi's skill with a lightsaber, that when he goes face-to-face -face with Anakin later, you know he can still, he can, he can battle him. It won't be a just uh, they won't wipe the floor with him. So I did love how that battle was. And then, of course, he just goes down to his ship. So on Civil Life, with the, with the gun, when he gets shot down. Um, and then, of course, Palpatine revealed to Anakin that he is the Sith Lord. I have the power to save your wife. And then Anakin, what? When Anakin realizes, wait, he's the Sith Lord? He's been playing me all this time. It's a great reveal. Again, not just save your wife, then he mentions Padner. What did you say? So greatly acted by both of them, and then that tension builds. And that last scene, it's about an hour long. 
again, we'll talk about Rogue One when we, a lot of us say that that last third in Rogue One is the best third in Star Wars just because everything that happens in Scarif. But I think from that point on where Grievous, and I jumped something, I'll go back to it, when Kenobi attacks Grievous, the reveal comes that Palpatine is Sidious and everything that happens afterward, I think it's the best Star Wars. At least for me, that's my favorite last third in Star Wars. It's just so emotional that it's, everything is emotional. Um, so before Obi-Wan goes to find Grievous, and again, we have that conversation, and you, when you're watching the movie the first time, you don't catch it, but Anakin telling Obi-Wan, may the force be with you, and then goodbye, old friend the last time that Obi-Wan sees Anakin as Anakin. So that goodbye hits a little bit harder because next time it's going to be Darth Vader at that point. So, yeah. All right. So our friend Salacio Scrum says he has a fun fact. Let's see what fun fact our co-working monkey Lisa has for us. For us, fun fact, Grievous didn't have a cough originally, but George Lucas had bronchitis during filming, so Matt would added the cough as an homage. Oh, thank you, friend rum for that little fun fact which i'm gonna say i didn't know i want to say i heard before that he wasn't originally gonna have a cough but i can't remember so thank you for that fun fact did you guys know that let us know oh all right so there's so much more for this movie that i love but i want to start ramping it down a little bit so like i said the last scene mace going to arrest sidious um we have that battle at the end um, so yeah, when Mace goes to arrest Sidious and then Anakin and Padme, that scene, they're separate. So we all talk about Kylo Ren and Rey when they're on separate sides doing their force connection, how emotional that feels, even though they're in separate planets or whatever. Here, when Anakin tells Mace, hey, I discovered uh, truth. Palpatine is the sixth lord. Oh, if what you have told me is true. You, you would have earned my trust. Stay here. We'll go deal with it. It intercuts the music. Oh, the music in that scene is so great. When Anakin is, I think he's in the Jedi Temple. And then on the other end, it cuts to Padme. And they're both feeling, they're both crying. Everything is burning around them, basically. The music is so, uh, so great. And again, it's Anakin thinking, I'm supposed to stay here. But if something happens to Palpatine, I won't be able to save Padme. And then Padme on the other side, feeling that something is going on. She can feel that Anakin is suffering, basically, just as expression on her face. And then Anakin says, I can't, I can't let this happen. I got to go find out what's going on because I need to save her. I think that scene is just great and it doesn't get talked about too, too much. So it's a great tension there. Um, again, he knows he's, Anakin is crying. He knows if Palpatine dies, then his hope of saving Padme goes out the window. Ha, 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 like Mace Windu. Uh, so Mace Windu against Palpatine against Sidious is a great battle. I was going to make our way to one of our questions at the end. One thing that, so when the window gets knocked down and then Mace kicks Palpatine down, his lightsaber goes flying out the window. He has it again at the end. How? I think Sidious has a bunch of lightsabers just lying around. And then we have the creation of Darth Vader. Rise, Lord Vader. Order 66 happens. 
it's so I remember watching this on the movie on the theater, watching all the clones turn against the Jedi and seeing all the Jedi Master one by one get mowed down and dying. It's heartbreaking. It still hurts watching it today. Ayla Sakura, I guess she gets shot down and they, they just keep shooting at her. She's dead. My my daughter was watching a few minutes. She's like, she's already dead. What are they doing? It's emotional because we've grown with these characters. We know, especially now the clone boys and the last season, season seven, how much they, what all the 66 do to, does to all of them. So watching it again, that's, it makes you feel it. And then Yoda sensing it, of course, he drops his cane, drops to one knee, and then he senses the clones coming for him. He said, no, no, I know Ahsoka saved them. I'm not gonna, I'm in Kashyyyk. I'm taking everyone down. The assault on the Jedi Temple, it's heartbreaking, but it's also great seeing all the Anakin leading the 501st, dan, 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 just going up the steps, killing all the Jedi, everyone in their path. And then, of course, Master Skywalker, there's too many. You see, no, he can't do it. Push, lightsaber, yes. I don't know what else to say about it. And uh, let's just, unfortunately, let's just jump to the end of the movie. The Battle of Mustafar, uh, Battle of the Heroes. My favorite lightsaber lightsaber battle of all times. Say what you want. Say that it's choreographed. I don't care. The emotion in this lightsaber battle, it's what sells it for me. Everything that's happening here, it's two brothers, father and son, fighting for the galaxy, for the Republic, for the people that they love, even each other. It's heartbreaking when Padme arrives to Mustafar. First, right before she comes, Anakin is in that balcony. He's crying there because he knows what he just did to everyone. It's wrong. He still has that, that pull. Padme comes in. Hey, I'm in charge now. We can do things the way that we want to. And she's like, no. When she figures out that he's gone, when she says, when Anakin says, I can overthrow the Emperor, make things the way we want to, she... She pulls back at that moment. She's like, I don't know. You've, you're turning into something. I can't go with you. Then, of course, everyone comes. That scene to me still hits emotionally. The battle hits. The music battle the heroes. Again, the comparison goes battle the heroes or duel of the fates. To me, battle the heroes wins. The lightsaber battle and the music. There's more stakes. I know now the hot topic is, oh, duel of the fates. If... Qui-Gon had won, things would have been different. Great. The stakes here, the emotional stakes in Battle of the Heroes is, Heroes is more than in Duel of the Fates because we don't have that attachment to Darth Maul. We, of course, want Darth Maul to lose. We're rooting for Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Here, Anakin and Obi-Wan. We love both of them. If you don't know what's coming afterwards with Darth Vader and all that, you're still thinking maybe there's they won't, he won't kill him. There has to be a way for him to go back to the light. They have to find a middle ground or something. So there's so much emotion in this fight. The ending, I have the high ground, don't try it. You are my brother, Anakin. I love you. I'm not crying now because I did a few hours earlier when I watched this movie, but that scene at the end, Anakin yelling, I hate you. It's, again, heartbreaking. Two people that loved each other getting to this point. That's why I love this. Again, um, Natalie said it's the saddest movie, but there's a reason for it. It builds that people that you love so much and it 
at this point just because they're trying they think they're doing the right thing because they're trying to save that person that they love while the other one is saying no you're wrong you've been sold a lie it's just too emotional i remember watching this i know it's not gonna happen when i watched it the first time hoping when and i when obi-wan grabs it like sarah starts walking away that anak is just gonna yell out i'm sorry or save me i thought he was gonna say save me he's just gonna leave him but not the hate that he has for kenobi at that point it's, it's too much uh, of course, the battle between Sidious and Yoda in the in the Senate. It's awesome. All the Senate pots flying. It's great. Yoda goes to Dagobah. <clears throat> we have the birth of the twins. And yes, I clap and I yell at movie theaters when the, it's a boy. Look, that's me clapping. Yeah, Leia, yeah. I love all that in the movie theaters. I think I was one of the few yelling and clapping at that scene. Um, and then, of course, we have Vader, the Emperor, talking the structure of the Death Star. And then it ends on Tatooine with Uncle Owen, Umberu, Baby Luke, looking at the Twin Sons, Binary Sunset's playing, and my tears rolling down my cheeks. Great ending, great movie. I love Return, Revenge of the Sith from beginning to end. And that's it. Love this movie. We'll see where it ends up on our chart when we do our rankings. So whew, let me do another drink of water before we go into some Ask the Rebellion question and Rebel thoughts. So yeah, so we've, with that, we conclude our look back at the prequel trilogy plus the Clone Wars movies. So at this point, just between these four movies, uh, Clone Wars movies in the bottom, um, again, it just seemed and felt like a very long Clone Wars episode from those first few seasons that I didn't like that much. There's some good action scenes in between, but nothing else. Attack of the Clones comes next. Good movie, some very cool scenes, everything that happens on Camino and on Geonosis and on Tatooine, I love, but there's a lot in between that doesn't do it for me. Phantom Menace comes after afterwards. Again, like I said at the beginning, I love how much, sorry, I'm surprised me how much I loved it when I watched it this past time, a few months ago. And then, of course, on the top, running away with it is Revenge of the Sith. Great movie. And I just love it so much. And yes, Salacious Rom saying that the music is something that moment when Anakin and Padma are on separate parts of Coruscant. It's, it's hauntingly beautiful, but hauntingly sad at the same time. <sighs> so, yes, that brings an end to our Star Wars Rewind for Revenge of the Sith. So let me let me know what you guys thought about it. Do you like this movie? Is it just, we're just talking with nostalgia glasses. It's good, but it's not that good. Yes, we love it. Let me know here in the chat, in the comments down below, or send me a message on Twitter. Um, yes. So with that, like I said, let's go to some, one of my favorite parts of the show, Ask the Rebellion, where I sent out a little message out there for you guys to send me your questions about anything Star Wars related. But this time we're talking about Revenge of the Sith. So yes, I posted it out there for you guys. Either send me a question or send me your thoughts on the movies. And we got a few, some late entries. So let's talk about them real quick before we say goodbye. So first off, from our friends, Josh and Adam, from a certain point of view, 
they write one question have you have you ever heard the tragedy tragedy of Darth Plagueis the wise haha <laughs> guys thank you guys for your question of course I have I had to put this here just to have a little laugh but thank you you have another rebel thought coming in a few but yes we've all heard that tragedy of Darth Plagueis the wise it's a little bit tragic ironic I wouldn't say it's tragic it's ironic all right so our second question comes from new fan and first time they sent something our way it's lick yasin sorry if i messed up your twitter handle and it is sith nexus at lick yasin and their question is do you think mace mace window really won against sidious because both josh and ian have both given separate accounts as to what happened so I was going to mention this on my breakdown. I don't know what George and Ian have said. And I know the consensus is that he was playing possum and he was going to defeat him anyways. I do think that Mace Windu had him. I think that if Anakin wouldn't have shown or wouldn't have intervened, I should say, I think that Mace Windu had him. He had him dead to rights, hit him with the lightning. He blocked it. He lost his lightsaber. He's down on the on the floor, down for the count, and Mace is up here. He's gonna strike him down. I know he has unlimited power. I think Mace Wind was gonna come down too quickly that he was done for. So Anakin, you did what you did. Mace had him. If Anakin wouldn't have shown up, because you know Palpatine knew that Anakin was coming. If it was just the two of them, man, maybe not. Because Palpatine was playing possum in the sense that I'm gonna lay down here in hopes. I know he knew what's going to happen, that Anakin is going to save me. But if Anakin doesn't show up, I think he doesn't put himself in that position. So hopefully that answers your question. And I'm going back saying that, yes, I think that I think that he had him. All right. And yes, Michelle agrees. She says, Mace had him 100%. I agreed, Michelle. And Michelle, I didn't even notice. Thanks for being here. From Force of Light Entertainment, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us our, at the end of our show, but we're doing our Rebel Thoughts next. So, Michelle, let us know what you thought about Revenge of the Sith. So, yes, now we move to another part of the show that I like in connection with Ask the Rebellion. It's our new segment, Rebel Thoughts. When you guys send me your thoughts about the movies, TV shows, whatever, whatever it is we're talking about this week. And this week, we're talking about Revenge of the Sith. So, what are some of your Rebel Thoughts? And here we go. I got to highlight this one because this is a very special person in my life. And it's my brother. For the first time, one of my brothers jumps into the show and sends us our Rebel Thoughts. I mentioned at the beginning that I went to see Revenge of the Sith with one of my brothers midnight showing. But it was with Ricardo and this is Jose, our other brother, at Runner47. And he asks... Or he doesn't ask, he tells us about his thoughts on Revenge of the Sith, saying, In my opinion, miss a huge opportunity to show Anakin slash Vader as an intergalactic badass. We read about all the Jedi master he, Masters he took down when they stormed the temple. Wish we could have seen it. So, yes, we touched on this a little bit at the beginning where we said that the trailer and the teaser, teaser really were pushing Darth Vader in his awesome Darth Vader armor and costume or outfit, I should say, and we all wanted and hoped that we were going to get uh, Darth Vader from Rogue One that we saw 10 years, 11 years afterwards. So I do agree that they missed that opportunity to show a badass Darth Vader. 
but the way that prequel trilogy went, starting with Anakin so young, by the time he turns, it's the last 45 minutes of the movie, so there's no time to show that. Would have been awesome to show him battling and killing all the Jedi Masters in the temple, probably. But a lot of that unfortunately happens off screen. We just see him lighting his lightsaber in the jet for the younglings. But when Kenobi goes back to Coruscant and he's on the Jedi Temple checking the the recordings to see what happens or who did it, and Yoda again, Yoda says, if you go there, only pain and death you're gonna find. We see Anakin slashing down a bunch of Jedi. But yes, it is a missed opportunity. Something that a lot of us wanted to see was that Darth Vader being Darth Vader with all his power. We didn't get to see it. So thank you to my brother for jumping on the show. And hopefully you're watching. Hopefully you're watching or listening at some point. All right. And our final Rebel thought. Oh, I should, should have put this. There you go. Runner 47. More Vader, please. Yeah, he wanted more Vader. That's fine, brother. I got to get my brothers on the show one day. I'll get them. You'll meet them someday. All right, so our final Rebel thought comes again from our friends at Certain Point of View. And they are saying, because I asked, are we, it's Revenge of the Sith really the masterpiece that we remember? Are we looking at it through nostalgia glasses, which I mentioned a few times before? And they said, a little bit of both. It's easily the best of the prequels. And when it shines, it really shines. But it also has some issues that we get used to or forget about with time. I would have liked to know which issues you're referring to. Um, I think there are, like I mentioned, some acting and dialogue issues at the beginning, some of the one-liners that Anakin drops, and him and Padme at the beginning sometimes is still that, ugh, that trendy dialogue between them, but it gets better through, as the movie goes on. I think the movie takes a little bit slower path after, because it, it builds up so quickly when... Anakin confronts Grievous and everything is happening, but then it slows down a little bit before then the big reveal of Sidious and Darth Vader gets born or the 66. Once you reach there, then it goes off and then it's awesome. So it doesn't matter. If it's nostalgia glasses, I'll wear them all day because I love this movie so much. Just like Anakin loves his mom and partner so much. All right, so with that said, I think we've reached the end of our show. So thanks to everyone that took time today to join us in the chat. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Michael, Salacious Bikram, Mr. Res, Geeky Waffle. Thanks to everyone that joined the live chat. Thanks to everyone that sent us your Ask the Rebellion question and your Rebel thoughts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Radio Rebel Pod. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel here. Just search Radio Rebellion Podcast. And you can listen to the audio podcast on your favorite podcast listening app or whatever. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Podchaser, everything. So you can find us everywhere that you like. So before I go, let me see you guys. Thank you, Natalie, for giving us a great show. Saying it's a great show. Thank you for your comments and your insight into the movie. Thank you again, Mr. Rez, Michael, Michelle, don't worry. It doesn't matter, you're late, you're here. We'll embrace you and thank you as always for taking the time. And Mr. Rum, Crum, B, Crum, thank you for that little tidbit you also gave us a little while back. So thank you guys. We'll see you next week with our review of season two, episode one of The Mandalorian. 
and our spooky look at Star Wars. So if you have any scary scenes in Star Wars, send them my way and we'll discuss them. So as always, thank you. Stay safe. Be safe. May the force be with you. Always. Radio Rebellion.